forward uh, for our uh, morning tithes and offerings. You give as the Lord directs, and I know he'll uh, bless you for it. Uh, all the rest of those announcements that are in the bulletin, you read them. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you've been here as long as I have, uh, most of the things that are mentioned in there, we do every year. And uh, so you just need to know when we're going to do it. So get the announcement bulletin to know when we're going to do all those wonderful things. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask Kurt if he would ask God's blessing on the offering.
a song about my past Cause I'm moving on No more songs about guilty With words like regret Every melody sounding like mercy instead This ain't a song about chains No, my chains are about a savior and the price that was paid I want to sing about the blood that washed my sins
Joshua means God, Yahweh, saved. And I kept thinking about that and thinking about for 
thousands of years, they knew that name, but now they heard it different. They heard it in a little bit of a different context, and boy, was Jesus different. Because all the others, the Joshua's and the, those other saviors of Israel's, they saved, you know, kind of partially. They saved for a moment. They saved for a time or for a season. But when Jesus came, he was different. He was going to save for all of eternity. And I just, and again, all of that stuff was going through my mind. But more than that, it just kept being that name. That there is something so special about that name, the name of Jesus. And it has power. And I'm not, I, you guys know, I'm not trying to be mystical. I'm not trying to be any of those things. But the name of Jesus Christ has power to save. It has power because of what he's done. We understand that, I know. But boy, this Christmas season, I just keep thinking to myself, he shall be called Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And hey, I hope that you know him. And I hope it's also a name that you speak over your family often. That you just come and you pray Jesus over your family, over their life. And this song has been on my heart all weekend. I wanted us to sing just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind, cause I know there is peace within your presence, I speak Jesus, I just want to speak the name Every song. 
Amen. Good to see everybody here this morning on this, well, I guess it's kind of the first Sunday of the Christmas season, so to speak. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Uh, most of the stores start Christmas about two weeks before Halloween. <laughs> so, uh, so if we, if we don't, we, if you wait until after Christmas, you're, you're doing pretty good, I guess. So I wonder how many people here this morning, uh, you've been listening to Christmas music. So raise your hand. You've been listening to Christmas. Oh, good. A lot of folks. How many are you going to wait till December to listen to Christmas music? See your hand if you wait till December. All right. Got a couple of them. How many of you never listen to Christmas music? Ever? Well, I didn't see any hands, so probably two or three liars in the bunch. <laughs> I like Christmas music. I do. I enjoy it. Uh, and uh, I enjoy the Christmas season. Everybody knows that. Uh, if uh, as long as I've been here, and uh, everybody knows, I really delight in the Christmas season. And don't we delight in the beautiful decorations here today? Amen. So I'll tell you what I want. I want uh, I want Christy and uh, and uh, Kelly to stand. Y'all stand. Kelly, stand up. And Christy. And where's Brenda? Is Brenda here? Okay, so, so hello, Brenda. You can hear me. I know you can. <laughs> she, she's, uh, she's on her way. And then I want Cheryl to stand. And these ladies worked like crazy to get all of, I mean, till late in the evening yesterday, uh, making sure that we were decorated for Christmas. Give them a nice big round of applause. And then, uh, who did we have? We had uh, Ida May and is it Naomi that helped with the stand up? They are the ones who took care of all the Christmas poinsettias. <laughs> is Ida May back there today? No, she's not there. Stand up, Naomi, quick, quick, quick. Give her a nice big round of applause. There's Brenda. <laughs> We were thanking you for helping with the decorations. <laughs> Where have you been? I, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know with this pastor, okay? So isn't it, isn't it great to have, uh, uh, have the Christmas season upon us? I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, it, uh, it means a lot to me. It always has, uh, and I hope, I hope that it always will. It means a lot to me for uh, all of the biblical reasons, and uh, when you consider the fact that, uh, and I appreciate what Michael said uh, about that passage of Scripture, uh, you shall call his name Jesus, and uh, when I saw that he had put that in the bulletin, I thought that's the one we'll open with today, and I, I just thought that was a beautiful way to, to start things off. Uh, his name is Jesus. He is, the, he is the one who fulfilled every single prophecy concerning the Messiah, every single one, and there's a lot of them. He fulfilled all those prophecies. Uh, he is the uh, eternal God. He was present at creation. Uh, he was born of the virgin. He lived without sin. Uh, he died a substitutionary death on the cross of Calvary. He rose again the third day physically, bodily, visibly uh, from the grave. He ascended back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And one day he is coming to get me. He is coming in the flesh of his glorified, perfect body to give me a glorified body too. Isn't that amazing? But I tell you, I also like some other things about Christmas. Now, you can, you can, be, you can say I'm wrong, and that's fine. I, I, it's all right. We can disagree. I like Christmas trees. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. I like Christmas trees. I like Christmas lights. Isn't it great to drive through the Christmas lights uh, up at hers? Isn't that beautiful? I'll tell you, it's, we've got the prettiest village in America, Nottingham, especially this time of year. The prettiest village in America. I mean, it just it couldn't get any better, you know? Unless, of course, we had just enough snow to not be a nuisance, but just enough to cover the ground white uh, on Christmas morning. That would make it even better, but probably not. But you never know. You never know. I think our chances of having a white Christmas in the area where we live is like one out of 
189. I mean, we don't have a real good chance. So every 189 years, I guess, or whatever it is, that we have a, have a white Christmas in this area. But anyway, uh, we've had one here, I know. I, I remember one white Christmas, maybe two. That's more than one out of every 189. Somebody needs to get their math fixed. But anyway, great to have Christmas. I want you to turn with me, if you would, this morning uh, to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 24. We're still in Isaiah, and we're going to take a few minutes this morning, and we are going, the title of the message is words of authority, and you won't get that at first, but hopefully you will by the end. Uh, but uh, since it is Christmas time and we're thinking about that, uh, we can think about the, uh, uh, the words that, are, that make up Christmas. And some of those words uh, are everything from Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to uh, uh, Jesus is the reason for the say, uh, season. Uh, Christ, our Savior, is born. All the many wonderful words that make it up. If you'd stand, please, in the honor of the reading of the Word of God. We're going to read from the 24th chapter, beginning in verse number 1. And we're just going to read three verses. Then we'll ask the Lord to bless the message today. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth, scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof, and... It shall be as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled. For the Lord has spoken this word. Dear Lord, we pray you'd help us in the understanding of the word of God today. And we thank you for the season that we celebrate. And we thank you that it's more than just a moment. It's more than just a day. Uh, it's a time of year that we celebrate with our loved ones and our family members. Lord, we draw those, like the old Christmas song says, uh, those who are dear to us gather near to us once more. And we thank you for the time gather close to those that we love and celebrate the season. But Lord, we pray today in these next few moments you might turn our hearts not only to the Christmas part of the year, but Lord, turn our hearts at this moment to the Word of God, the book of Isaiah, to this 24th chapter, and help us to draw something from this passage of Scripture that will help us in our Christian walk. And if there's somebody here today that's lost and doesn't know Jesus and the free pardon of sin. Lord, we pray that before this day is over, they will have come to the realization that they need a Savior and that Jesus is the only one. And that they would walk this aisle or turn to someone near to them and say, I, I need to trust the Lord today. We might see them come into glorious salvation. We pray it in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, not only is it Christmas music that we have, but it's also the words of Christmas. I want, you to, I want you to think about something. I want you to take note of the fact that as far as I know, I haven't heard it yet, and I'm not bringing it up so I can hear it, okay? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making an observation. But I haven't heard any argument this year about how to greet people during the Christmas season, okay? You remember a number of years ago, before, right, I guess it was about three or four, maybe five years before COVID, I don't remember exactly, but there was a big, big argument about the uh, words of Christmas. You know, do you wish somebody a happy holiday? Do you wish them, you know, uh, is, it, do, is it offensive to wish somebody Merry Christmas if they have to happen to observe Hanukkah and all of this kind of stuff? And you know what? I think it was about as silly then as anything I ever heard of in my whole life. I really did. I thought the whole, the, not, I mean the whole thing. Uh, and I don't know who was to blame for making all that. And, uh, but I will tell you that I never stopped telling people that they ought to have a Merry Christmas. And uh, I never, you know, it never bothered me. It, I never, I, as, and I don't think I ever personally argued with anybody about it. Uh, at least not that I can remember. But I do know this, that it shows us that there are certain things that happen in our life related to words that really do make a difference. 
Words really do make a difference. And the words of Scripture here make a big difference. If you remember, uh, I guess it was a week ago, Sunday night was the last time I preached, and we, we drew from this same passage of Scripture, but really we started in chapter 23, and we looked at that, and then we compared chapter 23 with chapter 24, and we noted this huge tremendous gap between the two chapters. Chapter number 23 uh, was, uh, uh, was all about uh, a, a short uh, look and prophecy and, uh, and, uh, and the near things that were happening and we talked about that. And then all of a sudden when he gets to chapter number 24, he skips way, way past all these years and years and years of time, even past where we are living today and into the future as Isaiah begins to describe for us in very powerful words, he begins to describe for us what the tribulation is going to be like. As a matter of fact, when I first uh, uh, planned to preach this message, I thought we would look at the first three verses and then the last five verses or four verses uh, at the end, verse 20 to 23. Uh, we're not going to read those. We're not going to take the time this morning, but that was my intention because of the fact that all of these words so very vividly describe what the tribulation is going to be like. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I am not looking forward uh, uh, well, I, I, let me put, this, put it this way. If I were lost, I certainly would not be looking forward to the tribulation. But because I'm saved and I know that I'm going to leave this place... And we even noted that the transition between verse 20, uh, between chapter 23 and chapter 24 revealed to us uh, uh, that truth. Uh, and it, it's part of the understanding that the church is going to be lifted out of here. Suddenly, quickly, without warning, the church is going to leave this world uh, just before the time of the great tribulation. Now, if you, uh, if you believe it, that the church is going to stay here in the tribulation, uh, then, uh, you know, if you want to stay, maybe the Lord will let you. I don't know. But uh, uh, my Bible teaches me, as best I understand it, uh, that I'm going to be gone during the tribulation, and I like it that way. Amen? I don't, I don't want to be here during the tribulation. I, it's going to be a horrible time. Notice what he says about the tribulation. Uh, he says, Behold, he maketh the earth empty. And we talked about how empty the earth would be that Sunday I don't know, was it Sunday night or Sunday morning? I can't remember. Whatever it was. We talked about how empty the world was going to be. Why? Because he was going to take the Holy Spirit and the church, God's chosen people, out of this world. Because the world is not going to be empty in every sense of the word, but it's going to be spiritually empty when God takes the church and the Holy Spirit out of this world. It's going to be spiritually empty. Uh, but anyway, and we, we talked about that in detail. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste. And now notice what he says here. And turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. Turns it upside down and scatters the inhabitants. Now, remember that during the tribulation, one-third of the population of the planet is going to be destroyed in the wars that are going to take place during the time of the tribulation. And I don't know how many Christians there are in the world today, but I believe there's a lot. Now, the media would have us to believe that we're just, you know, there's just 10 of us left, you know. <laughs> there's only, only eight or nine left, 10 maybe at the most, and everybody else has uh, uh, gone over to the other side, and it's just this handful of Christians that's causing all this problem on the planet uh, when nothing could be further from the truth. I believe and I'm convinced that when the church of the living God is called out of this world and we are caught away to be with the Lord and to be with him forever in the air, we're going to meet him and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I believe it's going to have a powerful impact on the planet when the church leaves here. That means there's going to be a lot of us going. Amen going to be a lot of us going. A lot of us are leaving when, uh, when it comes time. And so we will already be gone. And then a third of the population that's left 
during the tribulation is going to be destroyed. They're going to, they're going to be killed uh, in, in the wars. That, and actually, in one, just in one battle, a third of the population is going to be destroyed. Can you imagine such a battle as that? I tell you, I, I've studied the Civil War, and I've studied World War II, and I've studied World War I, and I'm telling you, these were horrific, horrific wars where thousands, even millions of people have been killed in this war, but it's nothing to compare what's going to happen during the tribulation. You don't want to be here. You want to be born again. You want to be part of the family of God. Now look at what he says in verse 2. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. I want you to notice what he says here. I'm, going to, I'm not going to read all these words again. It's very poetic. That's one of the reasons I love to read Isaiah. But uh, it's very poetic. But he says, and it, shall, uh, and it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. As with the servant, so with the master. As with the maid, the mistress, and so on. So what's he talking about? He is talking about, listen to me carefully, that during this time of tribulation... It's universal suffering. Amen? Universal suffering. Now, today there are people suffering in the Ukraine right now under the scourge of the war that's being waged against them. And, of course, we, we know people who are from that area. We've, uh, uh, we have acquaintances that... Uh, that have family members that are still there and, uh, and having to, to endure the hardships and the difficulties. And there's great suffering there. But at my house, there is no war. Uh, there, no, no bombs fell on Nottingham this past week. None. Not one. As a matter of fact... Uh, I don't think there was one shot fired at another human in anger in Nottingham this past week or this past month or this year even in Nottingham. Now, not so in other places, but Nottingham, it's been pretty quiet. It's a nice place to live. By the way, the kitchen is fantastic. Helen and I are back in the house, and uh, I'm telling you, it's just wonderful. We're loving every minute of it. The only thing is, is we just wander around in there. We, it's so big now. We just, it's like we just wander around looking at it. It's like, wow, look at this. It's just, we can't believe it. But anyway, uh, anyway, it's a quiet place. I, I really can't say, I really can't say that I'm suffering right now. Can you? Maybe you can. Maybe, you're, maybe you are suffering. Maybe you're suffering from family crisis or difficulty. At the moment, the Lord has given us a certain amount of tranquility in our family. It's not perfect, of course, but uh, it, it could be a lot worse. It could be a whole lot worse. Uh, as a matter of fact, I talked to some people this week whose family situation has caused them to absolutely just lose their grip, literally lose their grip. It's just, it's heartbreaking, the suffering that we can go through with, with, with family problems and difficulties. But at the moment, we don't seem to be suffering with that. I hope that you have some tranquility in your family, and I hope that you're not having to go through that kind of suffering. So everybody is not suffering on the planet right now today. Some of us have a sense of peace. Enjoy it. It won't last. But, it, you know, some of us do. But then there are others who are going through horrific suffering, even at the moment. They've lost loved ones in the battles, they're homeless. They are without electricity. They're without water. The, the winter is coming. The snows have already started. And they're suffering through this terrible time of difficulty and agony. When the tribulation comes, Isaiah tells us that it's universal suffering. Every person living on the planet will equally share in the suffering of the tribulation. You want to be equal? There's a lot of talk about that today. Just wait till the tribulation. Everybody will be equal. Amen. They will be equally miserable. They will be equally sorrowful. They will be equally broken. They will be equally ruined. There's universal suffering. Now, the good news about the, the uh, message today is that I really just have two points and a conclusion. Isn't that great? Then we'll be done. So that, that was one of them. The other point is the ruin of the earth, the war, the famine, the pestilence that brings this suffering. 
war and famine and pestilence that has always been here. We have never, listen, we've never had a time on planet Earth since Cain killed Abel that there wasn't some form of suffering somewhere. Always been here. And then the culmination of it comes when the war, famine, and the pestilence begins to take over the entire planet. Now, we, now let, let me tell you something, folks. I, I know that we've, we've heard a lot about the pandemic, and aren't we glad that uh, at least where we live, and I'm glad I don't live in China, you can say whatever you want, but they're locking it down again uh, in China. And I'm glad I don't live in China. I'm glad I live in the United States of America. Man, I'm, 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 I'm not ashamed of that. Some people are, but I'm not. I'm glad to live here. And I'm glad to share Christmas here, and I'm glad to be here. And we look at this pandemic that we've endured over the last two years plus and all that's gone on, and it has been tragic, and it's been difficult, and we've seen people that we love pass from this life to the next. But it's not anything compared to the pestilence that's coming during the tribulation. I, I, I was reading about a town in England, a town in England that, that had a population, I think, of about 1,100 people. And out of that population of 1,100 people, during World War I, during World War I, that town in England lost 300 sons to the war. 1,100 people in population, and they lost 300 sons to the war. And they said there was not a single household in that town, not one household that did not weep for a lost loved one that year. Not one household, every household touched by that suffering in that one That's what it's gonna be like in the tribulation. Not one household will escape suffering. It's the war, famine, the pestilence will be absolutely universal. Now, I want you to think about this. Um, we're going to close it this way. I want you to look at verse number three. The land shall be utterly emptied. We already talked about that in verse one. And utterly spoiled. And we talked about that in verse two and three. I mean, in verse number two. And then notice what he says here in verse number three. For the Lord hath spoken this word. Now, let me read, to it, read it to you again. The land shall be utterly emptied. That's verse one. And utterly spoiled. That's verse two. For the Lord hath spoken this word. This word word. It's his word. Isn't it amazing that the power that can be in words? You know, there's some people that say, you know, that, uh, that uh, words can't hurt you. You know, you've heard the little rhyme, sticks and stones may break my, my bones, but words can never harm me. The problem with that little rhyme is, is it's totally untrue. It is completely untrue. Uh, words can hurt you, and you know they can hurt you. What about the words of a husband or a wife when they would say, I don't love you? Think that would hurt? What about your boss if you showed up on your job tomorrow and he said, you're fired? Think that would hurt? What if the nurse came in to the room where you were and said, you need to sit down, I have some bad news. He or she, think that would hurt? Think that would be difficult? What if you looked at the doctor, the doctor said to you, I'm sorry, but it, it looks like cancer. Words can hurt. What if it were the words of a judge to you or someone that you greatly love and they looked at you and said, I regret to have to do this, but your sentence is death. Words have power, especially authoritative words. When the doctor says it, it's different, amen? When a, when a husband or a wife says it, it's different. When a son or a daughter says it, or a mom or a dad says it, it's different. When someone with authority in your circle begins to speak, it, it, it's different, amen? It's very, very different. Now, 
if the words that we can say to one another can have that much power and have that much effect, imagine how much power has the words of God. Notice what he said. He did not, he did not qualify this in any other way. All Isaiah did to tell you that all of chapter 24 was completely true and you could rely upon it. The only qualification he gave was this. For the Lord hath spoken this word. The entire chapter 24 rests on that phrase. The Lord hath spoken this word. What do you want to hear from the Lord on your day of judgment. What do you want to hear? His words will have eternal significance. Do you want to hear, enter into the joy of thy reward, thy good and faithful servant? You want to hear that? Well, I do. I really, really do. So many times I have felt like I have so failed the Lord that I will never hear those words from Him. But I keep striving. And I keep, I keep working because one day I want to walk into His glorious kingdom. I want the Savior to greet me. And I want Him to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or do you want Him to hear, or do you want to hear Him say, Oh, you are saved as if by fire. I'm going to, you, you made it to heaven because you trusted Jesus. But all the works that you ever did on earth, every activity you were ever involved in, everything you ever did, every, every way in which you expended your energy and everything you put your hands to was a failure and it was all burned up in the judgment and you have nothing to offer Savior today. Must I go unempty-handed? Thus, my dear Savior, me, not one soul with which to greet thee. Oh, my friend, I don't want to hear that as a Christian. I, I don't want to hear the Lord say, yeah, you made it, but as if by fire. It's in the Bible. You can look it up. Or do you want to hear the Lord say, I'm sure you don't. Depart from me. I never knew you. You'll have to leave now because there's no place in heaven for you. You'll have to go now. You'll have to leave this place of judgment, spend eternity in outer darkness. You'll have to be thrown out of the glory and the splendor of all the Savior has into the bottomless pit where you'll dwell forever and ever with the devil and, and, and his demons. I tell you what, words have power. And I want to hear some good words when my life is over. When I stand in my judgment, and we'll all stand in judgment one way or the other. If you don't stand at the judgment seat of Christ, you'll stand at the great white throne judgment. But all of us will stand in judgment somewhere. Wherever you stand in judgment, what is it that you want to hear? Do you know if you're sitting here in this congregation this morning and you're not saved and you are fearful that one day you'll hear the Savior say depart from me I never knew you you could change that this very morning you could walk down this aisle someone would greet you with the Bible show you how you could be saved and you could trust the Lord Jesus this very moment and if you are a Christian and you are very fearful that you're gonna have to meet the Lord and hear the words you are saved but as if by fire do you know you could turn your life around today? You could rededicate yourself to Christ. You could be a witness. You could be a light. You could be an encouragement. You could do a work that would make a difference in the kingdom of God because Jesus is looking for workers in his kingdom. What did he say? He said the harvest is plenteous, but the workers, they're few. <laughs> they're few. So you could be one of the few if you would. Then if you're here today and you're trying to walk with the Lord, why don't you pray for someone you know who is not walking with the Lord?
Why don't you offer up a prayer and say, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm trying. I know I'm not perfect, but Lord, I'm trying to walk with you. But Lord, I got this friend. I got this loved one. I got this person I know. And Lord, they're, they're going through the valley. They're going through the hard time. Every head bowed and every eye closed. While they come and prepare him of invitation, whatever they see fit to have will be fine. While they come and get ready, What words will you hear at your judgment? What's going to come from the lips of the Savior when you meet him on the other side of eternity? When time and temporal things have all passed away, you stand before the Savior. What will you hear from him? Be too late for you to make an argument then. Be, be too late for you to change your mind then. Be too late for you to start working because the night has already come and the dawning of eternal day will be here. What do you want to hear the Savior say? Dear Lord, I pray that you'd take the words of Scripture and apply them to our heart this morning. Sink them deep within us. Lord, may we respond to your grace and your mercy and your love. May we turn our back on the foolishness and the cruelty of Satan and his wicked ones. Lord, may we trust the one who is able to give us joy and peace in this life and for eternity. We pray it in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand How together. How deep the Father's love for us. How best beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin